Hi guys, welcome back to Integrated. Hello everyone. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Albanian society and the differences to the Irish society as well. We will be covering various topics throughout, kind of jumping from topic to topic because we've loads to talk about and plenty of aspects to like each thing. So firstly, we've kind of addressed this before, I think, but we're going to address it once more so that we kind of go into more depth about it. In Albania, there's the north and south, of course, and there's a huge difference between both areas. The north of Albania, where we're from, is very conservative, mountainous area. People have a really different mentality. Like, they're very much kind of with the communist times in certain traditions and cultures, and it's a very, like, different way of thinking, we'll say. Whereas the south of Albania is the complete opposite. It's very European, much more open-minded people over there, very tropical. But it's still the same Albanian mentality. People think in certain ways and are very critical of if you do things in a certain way. But we will get into that into more depth later. We are from Kukas, as you all know. And... Something about Kukus is that, or about each town in Albania, each city, like each city has founding families, okay? And that just means that like, these are all identified by their surnames, of course. So in Kukus, there's five founding families and we're actually a part of one of the founding families on my mom's side. So because Kukus is so small, our mom's side of the family is very well known because of course, we're one of the founding families of Kukus. So with that comes holding up a certain reputation. I mean, this is the case with all families in Kukas. Like, everyone has to have a great reputation. Because if some secret is spilled out or you do something kind of scandalous, we'll say, then everyone will hear about it. Like, news spreads like fire. It's insane. So you it's really... It's such a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And it just, like, goes very quick. Oh, you have your own privacy, obviously. Like, I mean, but some big or dramatic, as you said, it would happen. Like, you know, it's going to spread like wildfire. It kind of, like, taints your family name. Like, that's the kind of mentality that, that's there. And you really have to be careful. Like, everyone has to kind of hold their hand of the bargain. Otherwise, it really will taint your entire family and give you a bad name, basically. Now, we grew up with my dad's side of the family because we lived with our grandparents. Like, my dad's side of the family is offending family of a different town or village kind of thing because it's really small which is just like a few minutes outside of Kukas. everyone has a founding family you know like it could be any city and everyone comes from somewhere and we all know like that's completely the opposite to ireland in ireland like who knows where like the o'sullivans are from or i don't know like o'driscoll's are from or something like that like i don't know that you know like it's a huge population as well and I wouldn't even know where people's names come from. I'm sure people do, like, in their own families and stuff, but I'm not aware. And in Kukas, everyone is aware of where each family are from. Like, like you could say one surname to my parents, and they'll be like, oh, they must be from Tirana. They must be from this place. Yeah, we can, like, because even on the countryside as well, I mean, people who move from the countryside and move into the city and stuff, you can kind of track them. Yeah, by their surname. Yes. It's such a strange thing. And like when we first came to Cork, like I definitely thought that it would kind of work the same kind of way. Like I'd be like, oh, this person's from Connacht because their surname is this, you know. 
and it's just not the case at all and that's like really strange to me but it's obviously because we grew up in a really small town and that's how it works over there really so our granddad on our dad's side of the family was a World War II uh, veteran. As you can imagine, he was very disciplined and very strict, just like his military would be really. He always wanted things a certain way around the house. He kind of ruled in, in a way, like, you know, and every time he'd go outside, he would always wear a suit. I have never seen that guy stepping outside the door yeah. now wearing a suit. And it was a hat as well. He a hat had a, too. He had to have a hat on all the time yes. and a suit. And even though, I mean, the, the, the military was just his life. I mean, he joined, he joined, he went uh, to the war when he was 14 years old. I mean, he remember him saying to me that the, the rifle was actually bigger than I was. So like Sogal said, like in the house, everything had to be a certain way and there was a certain standard that we had to meet, even as children. Anyways, our parents, because of course the communist period was around, our parents were also trained to go to war. Like everyone in communism at the time had to do this. Yeah, so you were obligated to actually do training. You could not miss training. You would get in serious trouble if you did not go training and you did not know how to use a weapon or a rifle. A rifle. Both of our parents had to learn how to use rifles and yes. they were so heavy, like and they were only young, like. Yeah, they were young. I mean even they were in school. I mean they one once a week or twice a week I think they, they had, had to, to go do training. And, and they'd do training. You could not say you wouldn't do training because they would get in serious trouble. Yeah, our parents had such a different childhood to my friends' parents here in Ireland. Like my parents never had a nightlife. They never went out to discos or parties. Like they went to when they were older and met each other, of course, like they went to like weddings and bars. Like that was all that night life was for them. And that was after communism. Whereas during communism, as like teenagers and young adults, they never got to enjoy life like people here did. And anytime I hear my friends' parents or my friends talk about their parents' lives, it's such a different thing. And it's something that I'm so not used to hearing. And it just mesmerizes me that that's how they lived and like the fun that they had. Like you were not allowed to have fun in communism. The fun you were having was with a rifle probably. As well on the topic of just not having fun, like our parents don't know the iconic music that my friend's parents are aware of and they taught this to their children as well. You know, they got them to listen to it. They have no idea who Fleetwood Mac is. I wish they did. No idea who ACDC or Bon Jovi or like these kind of amazing iconic bands they probably know the Beatles and maybe that's that's probably as far as it goes and they've probably learned about the Beatles here in Ireland like and it's crazy like I've had so many conversations with my friends where they're like oh yeah my parents used to love this when I was younger or like someone's someone was telling me that like their dad was like in a band growing up or something at one point and they were like to me oh like like ask your parents like they probably know the band and I was like my parents are foreign like they have no idea who this band is and like they didn't grow up with this kind of stuff and it's just like something so strange to me because like people just grew up with so much great music and culture and you just weren't allowed to have that in communism. You know? Yeah, because they were so isolated. They they weren't able to hear what's yeah. what's outside the country. They, they didn't know ex- at all what was outside the yeah. country. They would all only that was hear... on the radio was like patriotic tunes. And... Yes, I mean, all they heard was just like, you know, songs from their own language, let's say. Yeah. And there was no art, I mean, foreign artist or whatever, or another foreign language spoken because, you know, that, that wasn't that wasn't the case. You wouldn't be able to do that. 
also in Albania, you have to treat your elders with so much respect. Like if someone's 10 years or like 15 years older than you, you can't call them by their first name, like in Ireland. You just like you call them like Miss, Mr. Do that kind of thing. Or uncle, uncle or aunt. aunt yeah, yeah, like if it's your mom's friend, you kind of call them aunt this. But even if it's like a stranger... You have to go like, oh, auntie, like your scarf fell. If yeah, it's that's, like out a of, that's out of respect. Like, I mean, if yeah. they're much older than you, you can, it's kind of very disrespectful to call them their first name. Yeah. Because like, you know, it's not, because it's such a big age gap between you and them, you know, you don't really consider each other as, as friends. Unless you have really that closeness, then you might call them their name and stuff. Here in Ireland, we've definitely kind of changed that kind of thing. Because with our parents' friends, for example, we don't really call them like, let's say Aunt Irina or Uncle Sogal, you know, we don't, like, we actually just call them by their first name, which we shouldn't because they're much older than us. That's just a different generation, of course. And I can't do that. Like, it just feels so wrong. And they, as well, people will get offended if they, you just call them by their first name when I you know you shouldn't. I think it's not culture too. Like, I mean, yeah. you really have to have, like, the highest respect for the elderly. It just seems very, very, very rude. And we yeah. really hold that up so we can, you know, can be very respectful to them. It's the same with like greetings, for example. Like you have to greet people all the time. No matter who they are, you have to greet them. And in Albania, we do the kisses. You know how they do it in France over that. But with us, people tend to do them twice or four times. Like twice on each cheek or else once on each cheek, you know. So two and four, if you get me. But the thing is, it can only be women and women doing the cheeks. Like you can't do a woman and a man unless you're like cousins. Do you get me? It's such a, like, gender kind of thing. And, like, it just goes with the respect of each person respecting the gender and not crossing their boundaries. But you don't you do it to everybody. I mean, if you don't know a person, you don't, you don't do that. You just shake hands with them, like, you know? Mm, it depends the kind of vibe they're giving you, though. Because if they're giving you, like, oh, I'm going to hug you and uh, kiss you, oh, then yeah. you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, in Ireland, I feel like people are really cold with their greetings. I mean, a hug is totally fine, but some people won't even approach you. But, like, it's just the respect. Like, greetings are part of the respect. And if you don't do it the right way, people will really think that you're standoffish or just not a nice person. Like, it makes such a difference in the way you present yourself and the first impression over there. It's huge, like. Like, you know how... I'm not comparing it to China, of course, it's a different culture. But in China, like, the bows are really important to them and stuff. Like, you have to really show a loving greeting and it makes such a difference, honestly. Okay, so moving on to different kind of topic. We just want to say that it is really patriarchal over there. Kind of to the extreme, I think. People probably don't, but I really do think that it is. It's not always extreme depends on whatever area depends you're where you're yeah depends where you're from and where you're born really it depends on the cities the north it's a bit patriarchal Tirana because is a different country like really like none of this applies to Tirana what we're saying okay people over there are capital, yeah. yeah people are extremely open-minded like if someone is like oppressing a woman like they will talk back no problem like they don't care about the reputation over there because it's a huge population in Toronto and they don't care in, like in they've nothing too, to worry even about in the south, i mean they're, they're entirely yeah, the same too they're over very there, you know? cool over there as well so patriarchal like men are really macho you know it's quite closed in and it's a mentality that does oppress women i know women are oppressed everywhere we'll say but in albania they really are like women don't get a say in their future a lot of the times depending on what their parents are like basically luckily we've grown up with amazing parents like our parents are really open-minded and that's obviously with the help of Ireland as well personally I haven't 
felt oppressed by my parents you know they're really free for me to do whatever I want and explore whatever I want like they're very relaxed and this is not the case if I would have grown up in Albania plenty of women don't get to get don't get to have a great education now they do but in the past this wasn't the case like my mom had to do her schooling when she was in her like late 20s that's when she did it because she never got to go to university and get a degree basically she got a diploma when she had both me and my brother because that's when she was like okay I actually do want to work you know and luckily like my grandparents and whoever they let her which is amazing but that was at such a later time like when she was straight out of secondary school she wasn't allowed to go to it wasn't the obvious option to just go into more education it was like you get married you have kids the man kind of takes care of you kind of thing that's how many relationships and many things work there sometimes yeah, the mentality was just way behind back then you know yeah. it was just it was it wasn't good for no one and women back then because we're so patriotic in a way and we so stick to our culture we are attached we're very attached to our culture yeah. you know especially let's say maybe on the north side of the country and if you go somewhere deep in north side it gets worse and worse yeah. like even maybe there's areas even though nowadays Well, like, it's mostly in villages in that, villages, like, yes. the, these traditions are still yeah, very strong. In, in villages are, like, they're, they're, they're terrible. Like, I mean, even though there there is people out there who, who are giving kids their chance yeah, now. Yeah, it's this, amazing. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's very slow, it's happening, but, like, it's still yeah. critical. Like, any woman who has kind of gotten to go to university is open-minded automatically. Like, that's the kind of thing that it is. If you haven't gotten to go to university, it's... Like, you probably grew up around different circumstances, or maybe you just didn't want it, of course. Like, that's always the option. But it really does depend on the amount of education you got to see the kind of life that you're living, if that makes sense. When it comes to women getting an education, though, it also depends on your family's financial situation. If your family does not have the money to send you to university, then you will probably just get married instead and have kids and that is very true. live a, ha- and a that home would be life the, and that would be the case on villages yeah. and stuff they don't have the same you know yeah they don't have that kind of lifestyle and yeah. stuff, you know whereas like people from the city like they do have slightly more money and they do have this they're in the circumstance to send their daughter off to education or their son and stuff like that But if not, then that's the kind of life that you lead. You just get married off and that's it. Like your husband takes care of you. Like it's really old fashioned and it's quite like disappointing and sad because there are girls that do want to follow their education and are smart enough to go to school, but their families cannot afford it. So their future is just basically decided for them. And people have to live in like dorms and in university most of the time because the good colleges are in Tirana and it's just not ideal for the family to take care of them and whoever has feels extremely lucky and privileged to even go to school like people really value their education because plenty don't get to have their education completed now in the topic of like girls staying at home just a little fun fact I suppose Because women do stay at home and are housewives, there's a lot to do around the house. Always. Like Albanian women really take it so seriously. Like all Albanian houses are clean. I can guarantee you they are all clean. And it's because the women in that household. Everything is literally bleached every day. Like I wish I was joking. I really do. No, this is a true fact. Every single day, every single morning. Everything is cleaned thoroughly, deeply. Like anytime I go over to my cousin's house, someone is doing chores every day. 
like to be honest I, I wish that I had that motivation to keep the place spotless but like it's crazy amount of work like this is like instilled in girls at a very young age like my mom had me doing the ironing at 12 years old here in Ireland she was like look like you have to learn basic things and I think I think it's a great skill to have to keep your home clean like Albanians do take it way too seriously a clean home is a happy mind you know it is I mean but even even over there like I mean let's see if you have a guest there and let's see if the house is not is messy and all this yeah you know it's just it's terrible it's terrible it's it's not gonna look good your reputation down immediately like straight away someone will be like like that'll spread like they'll be like they do not keep their home clean like and sometimes like i feel guilty like having my room like a little bit messy around my parents because they'll be like girl like pick up the slacks like you know and i'm like yeah i know i should really do it like you cannot go into an Albanian home and just expect the place to have dust in it that that's just terrible like that's the biggest ick i'd say for them but anyways i do think that keeping a house clean is really important and that's thanks to my Albanian culture and i'm totally fine with it like i don't mind doing chores over that my parents were always like look like you have to do this and of course like i'm not saying that irish people don't keep their house clean as well they definitely do but a lot of people here do have, like, other people keep it clean for them. Whereas in Albania, it's to each their own. Like, no one hires a cleaner. Also, no one has the money for that, first of all. But if you do have a cleaner, people are like, why can't you keep the house clean themselves? It's a very, like, strict mindset. Like, you should be able to keep your own home clean no matter how busy you are kind of thing i know this is like such a random topic to even get into but that's like really important to them now we're going to get into the different stereotypes basically like we've definitely gotten stereotyped before when i was in erasmus in spain i i was friends with like a load of italian people many albanians do live in italy so of course they had plenty of stereotypes to throw at me first one of my really good friends he was like yeah, like, you know you're all robbers. Like, Albanians will steal the watch off your hand. That's literally what he told me. I literally did not know how to react. Because, of course, I haven't been raised completely in Albania. Like, I was only there as a child. And in Ireland, that's not what I'm taught. Like, I'm not taught to steal. Like, it's not the kind of society that I'm in, you know? And I was telling this to my cousin one day. I was like, I didn't know how to, like, defend myself. Like, all I could say to him was, like, I'm not raised there. Like, that's the only way that I could defend myself, really. And my cousin was like, look, like, the reason that people do steal in Albania is because they don't have a lot. And they're always trying to gain something or win something or achieve something. And she was like, in a way, I know stealing isn't great, but she was like, I'm proud of this because people are trying to win and power through, you know? They don't have the great circumstances that people in Ireland have or in a different European country. So no, they don't. I mean, they anything they're trying to get is just like, It's like from scratch, you know what I mean? Like they have to start from the bottom up to gain anything over there because the society is so terrible. Now we're going to talk about the corruption that happens in Albania in the next episode and stuff. But people don't really have a lot to to be stable on, basically. Well, it sounds like, I mean, you know, here you have a stable job, you have a stable work. Yeah, you have a lot here, like. Like you're getting a good pay and stuff. Over there, they don't get that. And then if they can get their hands on something that's valuable... They will. They, like, they will go for it's it. It's just a lot of injustice and people are not treated fairly as they should. Here in Ireland, literally, I've said that before, but like, your rights are so recognised here. Over there, they really aren't and people have to go about it in a different kind of way and sometimes it resorts to stealing or manipulating things and people do tend to do that. But like, not everybody does it, obviously. Of like, course I mean, not. Like, many people are very wealthy yeah, over there. Yeah, they're very good. Like, But there is people out there who do it and... Yeah. 
And it's because they don't have another choice. Yes, like, and then they, they'll give a bad name to everyone. It's like having yeah. a rotten apple and a good bag of exactly. apples. Exactly, like, you know I mean? exactly. And like the stereotype, it's not always true. Like, I don't know, I just felt terrible that I couldn't define myself to him because I was like, that, oh, that's because, not like, what I'm even, used to. Even with me, like, I mean, I've been like, associated with the mafia when I have nothing to do with them like I mean I've heard about them yes that these things they've done have been terrible but like the second I hear I'm like oh yeah Arab Bain I'm like ha it's like you're involved with the mafia when I've got nothing to do with them and then when Taken came out which I really do hate that movie movie, like Taken the movie is just the worst did it happen was is the Albanian mafia real yes it is did I think the movie was a bit over exaggerated I, yes, I do think it was. I mean, yes, they did do the, the bad things they'd done, but I don't think it was to that le- level of extent that the movie made it, you know? Yeah, that movie really just set a different kind of reputation for people, which was really unnecessary. Like, that's so rare to even happen, you know? But of course, we know that it's a movie exaggerated. You know, they have to sell it out and stuff like but that. But like, that really, like... That was terrible. Yeah, that 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 really gave us a serious bad name. It's like you know, put put nail on the coffin like for us. Uh, another stereotype that we were known for, let's say, just young people buying very expensive cars. Yeah. Some of these cars are worth like hundred thousands or even more. I don't know how they afford it. I don't know how they buy them cars. They do and even them. And these cars have like big engines in them. They won't have like three, four, five liter, maybe like diesel or petrol. It doesn't even matter. Like, you know what I mean? That car. Young people spend loads on their cars. Yes. And the car, the car is going gonna, is gonna to drink fuel, obviously. Yeah. If you have that kind of money to like buy a car, but like, and then they just seem to don't have any money to bring home. Like that to me doesn't really uh, add up. So yeah. I don't know how can you afford to keep a this car going every day. This is a very huge mystery. Like, people really, they're not well off, like. But then they will spend loads of money on their cars. Because they do like to show off. That's true. That's like, Oh, yeah, because they think... They will rev their engine, no problem, l- yes. wherever they can. Like, if, if they've got, like, a big petrol <sighs> engine in them, they, they want to hear, they want to make sure they're heard about it. They want it. to show life. Yes. Another thing Albanians are known for, of course, is immigrating. Especially immigrating illegally. Like, Albanians thrive on immigrating. That's their escape, basically, from the life that they live. And it's just their escape to get a better future, basically. And Help their families too, back home. Like, remittance is so important. People send money back to their family all the time. We've definitely had to do it. And it's just so normal for any immigrant to do that. It is also quite needed. Like, one member of the family will always immigrate and make money wherever they can, live there for a while. And some do return, some don't. It depends. The ones that do return, they set up a business or create something with the money that they've made. Yeah, that's very true. And help their family in some kind of way. Like, we really do thrive off of this. Now, some that's not a stereotype, but it's an Albanian trait, is that they can be very brutally honest. Mm. Like, they have no problem, like, speaking their mind or saying it how it is. Let's say if something looks bad on you, they're going to say that something looks bad on you. Completely. Uh, literally. Um, if, or if you're a healthy person, let's say, they're going to point that out straight away to you. I mean, here, they find that, like, really, like, sort of rude. Yeah, like, we really have to... Like, this is something that I really do admire in Albanians, okay? Because if we compare this to the Irish people in our society, we're really sensitive. And I don't think that 
it is okay. Like you should be able to handle some criticism and people don't like the confrontation or anything like that. They're like, no, that's offensive. Like it's not offensive if they're just trying to like help you improve your life. Like that's what they're trying to do. So they really will be honest about stuff. Like anytime that I've gone to Albania, even as a child, like, you know, my family over there would completely judge me on how I was looking, my weight, what I was wearing, everything. I would go in there one year, I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, you've put on weight. The other year, they'd be like, you've gotten so skinny. What is wrong with you? Eat some bread, like. They absolutely do not mind saying it. It's really different, like, anytime that I would come back to Ireland after a holiday, I would have to center myself back again because I was used to talking so freely for like a whole month straight or two whatever and I'd come back here and be like oh my god I can't say this yeah, here, I can't think this yeah, way yeah here that's that's a problem I have to really like, like think everything filter myself because like yeah I could easily offend somebody and then to me that's probably to, to me that probably natural because that's the way like I was yeah like sometimes up. it's the truth and people just yeah. cannot handle like, it like there's just like here people are, are very touchy like you know and um, and like this isn't a case of fat shaming or anything like that like that's not what we're trying to get at here if you are much more of a healthier person you should be able to accept yourself like it's very much a thing where like you are this way so accept it they're really adamant on self-improvement and doing the best for yourself so they will be like look i don't think this is good maybe you could change it and that is completely normal like people will be like you should probably change this about yourself i think that that's great to be honest like I want someone to tell me to improve myself because if I'm always in my own thoughts and I'm like mm, this isn't okay if someone says this to me it's not okay if someone says this to me then like where is the room for self-improvement you know and this is the kind of mentality that a lot of people don't have here in Ireland like, like someone... it's just I think it's just a constructive criticism yeah exactly like you know I'm just kind of telling you oh, this is how it is yeah you know but over here it's kind of seen it's in a really... negative way yeah. too I mean obviously over there you might get a negative comment too like you know what yeah I mean? like you can be offended still like, you but... can be offended still like but they don't really care about that either let's be honest about yeah it, like, you people know? really always take it as criticism like name calling would be like offensive really like it wouldn't be like yeah. oh this outfit is so terrible this outfit does not fit right on your waist or your shoulders or something like that and people are like okay fine but some people really do take it the wrong way here and i'm like why <laughs> they don't hold anything back over there they're very open-minded yeah. about this like, they don't bite great. their tongue whereas here i personally anyway have to really filter myself on what, I, what i'm gonna say next Same. or i have to really think because in case i say the wrong thing to people here because it's not gonna go well like you yeah. know and there's been like times where i've like said some things or me and my friends are like talking about stuff and i like say something and they're like wait like you can't say this that annoys me truth, so like. much but like i mean <laughs> if you don't tell the person the truth how are they ever gonna how know? Are, yeah, how are they ever gonna get to change something like, about I, themselves? I appreciate you telling me this is how it is, but and not just like you know hiding it, and then I'll yeah. never know. You know, like it doesn't make sense. I mean, if if you're there, yes, sometimes <laughs> it it may it may not be right. The person might not like it. Well, like you know, it's the truth. What yeah. you, you know? Oh, this is so funny. Like anytime I'm out with my friends stuff, and I'm wearing something that like I don't think looks great on me, it's all right. You know, anytime like I meet them, I'm like, oh, like. I actually hate like this thing that I'm wearing because it doesn't fit right on like my waist or something. And I always say it because I know that like people are probably thinking it, but they won't tell me. Does that make sense? Like it's such a like I know this is like really deep into your own thoughts and stuff, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, like this person probably won't say it, but I'll say it. You know, like I don't mind like criticizing myself or like being a bit self-deprecating. It's okay to 
I don't know, I think it's fine to criticize yourself and maybe others, as long as obviously it's in moderation, like you shouldn't obviously bully the other person. That's not what people do. No, don't bully nobody, yeah. but you know, but like, you tell the truth. And even like our parents, like they definitely don't have a filter. Sometimes like my parents will make a comment, but they actually don't mean anything by it. Like it's just a comment to make. Sometimes like people can actually take it so personally. Girl, like, like it's just a comment. Do you know what I mean? Like it's nothing personal against the other person. Like, and a lot of Albanians do this. Like they'll just make a comment about you, but like it's not something that you should take like seriously. I don't know how to explain it. It really just has to do with the mentality that they have over there. Like I've been commented by like strangers, like my parents, like friends who don't even know me in Albania. And I don't really care. <laughs> That's just the kind of mentality. That, like, you can either take it or leave it. Like, and most people just leave it. Like, they don't take it personally at all. Which I think is great. Like, people really do need to be a bit more open-minded. I think it makes you more close-minded if you're worried about criticism and confrontation and what people are, like, saying about you all the time. Like, we all have some improving to do. Like, we're not all perfect. And I really do like this trait in Albanians because they will tell it to you as it is and I don't know sometimes I do have it hard to trust what people are saying to me here in Ireland because I'm like they're definitely just saying that to be nice like they don't actually mean that and that really is where we've gone really deep into this okay next thing so another thing that we love for our people and stuff is that we're very hardworking. everywhere we go really like we try to do the most uh, most ever well, especially when we're abroad when, I, when we see albanians abroad they're well known for to be a hard worker like because and i understand why because they can't do this back home and they probably don't don't have the same ways they do whereas over there they want to keep their job and they want to be the best at it so they work really really hard and they tend to be really good at the job they do in general yeah a lot of albanians that do immigrate especially the men they all get into construction, which is an extremely hard job. That takes a lot of like muscle and body work, doesn't it? And plenty of men go into that because of course it is the easy job to get as an illegal immigrant. But as well, like they're happy to do it because they're getting something out of it. They're getting paid. Like they don't mind it as long as their future is going to be good in the end. So we really will do anything to earn a good living, really. Yeah, we're also like very family oriented people. Like we love to, we love to stick around with the family all the time. We love to have cousins and yeah. relatives around and basically being very close to, to to each other, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, we lived with our grandparents. Like, we spent our weekends at our cousin's house. We went on holidays with our cousins all the time. It's really, over there, like, it's all about family rather than friendship, if that makes sense. And in Ireland, it's quite the opposite, I think. Young people love spending time with their friends all the time, you know? Like, sometimes when I'm out with my friends for, like, a whole, like, weekend, I'm constantly seeing them for a whole week or something. I've, I feel almost guilty because I haven't spent yeah, enough I mean, time with see, my family. the thing is, like, family, like, th- we have this thing that, you know, family is going to be always there, like, yeah, you know what I mean? And then, which, which is true, really, like, and then that's why you st- we stick so close to them and we mm-hmm. do so much for them and we're, we tend to be very close with people. Yeah, but I think, like, in Ireland, it's been great because I've really gotten to value my friendships, which I don't think... I did as much in Albania, you know what I mean? Or like my kind of cousins around me don't really always value it as much. And here I really do, like my friends are so great. I think like because I don't have a sister as well, my friends, the girls, I just consider them like my sisters because 
like that's the only female interaction that I do get besides my mom. Whereas like in Albania, if I was there, I would be with my female cousins all the time. And they are, of course, they are like my sisters as well. We also love hosting dinners. I mean, before COVID and everything else, we used to get together all the time. Like we would as family or even call family friends and stuff that we have here. We constantly have dinners. We love to share our food, basically. We like, really you know, do. like we're very foody people. Like, and yeah. our food is, in all honesty, it's really, really good. It's and a source of happiness oh honestly. absolutely so we we love getting together and just you know having good food and just even, having great company yeah even our family like we always have family dinners together like in each time of the day we try to eat together as a family true yeah it's so important to us if you're all eating at like separate times of course people are at work so that's a different thing but when we're all at home, we all eat together. Yeah, like, we don't. If we're all at home, we eat all at once at the same time. And that's not always the case. Like here in Ireland, like I feel like I've been to like people's homes where they don't all they just eat separately or like whoever yeah, wants to we eat. We don't. Can. We don't know. We yeah. we always eat all the time. It's like it's like our activity. Like. Yeah. Okay, so on to our next topic. We're going to talk a little bit about the Albanian culture and little bits and things that we have basically first one is music we have a lot of talented artists that are a part of the music culture and we really do really well in that side of the industry like people are extremely talented it's like we're born with it like it's like a trait that everyone's a singer to be honest yes i mean we we even got big names out there in the world yeah. like you know they're actually been people don't know that they're been yeah like Dua Lipa, Rita Ora, BB Rexa, Action Bronson, Ava Max, Gashi, Gashi, Stanaj, uh, yes, and there's another one actually, jo- Joanna X, I think is her yeah. name, a new one. Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal too. Nyomza, and there's many, many more out there that probably many we, that don't, we know don't know. Many that we don't know, yeah. But like, even, even. For the artists that are actually live in Albania, there is a huge, huge scene, and the music is seriously good, like top quality. I would consider, yeah, like I you love know, us. and we're well known in Europe too. I I think you know because yeah. like our music, you can see it on like social media and stuff like, yeah. and people don't even oh, know what they're listening oh, to. Oh, actually, sorry, wait. Do you know like for everyone that's listening, you know that TikTok where it's like. Bank, you shot me one time. Bank, you shot me one time. Yeah. You know Lidri, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an Albanian song and nobody knows that it is. Like, it's literally huge. That song has become or huge even, because even of, like, the one that, 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 that's like, stop, make a pose, my drill, Rose Royce. That's Don Johnny and people don't know yeah, where is that coming from, don't. you know? It's so funny. Like, we're quite international. Oh, and Bon Bon by Aero Strafi. That Strafe has been in huge many clubs that I've Those been actually, in. actually, Post Malone made a remix out of that too. Yeah, like, we're very, like, well-known for our music, but people don't actually know that people are actually Albanian. They're just all really talented and it's great because it's a lot of representation, basically, especially for young people. Like, it's amazing. I- Next thing on the list is that Albanians are really sustainable. We just, I think we do the most at times when it comes to like saving the environment and stuff like that. And we don't even know that we're doing it. Albanian people like in their homes, they're so sustainable. When I do visit home and even here in Ireland, like with my family, we never throw away food. And that's a huge thing here in Ireland where like if we go to restaurants, like people don't finish their food. Like they always leave something there on the plate that upsets me so much it really bothers me too that upsets me so much throwing away food it's like 
take my heart out and shown it in a bin. It's just like, <laughs> like... No, do you know what's so funny? Like, I've, like, one of my friends, like, we would go out to eat and stuff and I would be full and I'd be like, no, I have to finish it, like. And she's like, stop, like, you're going to get sick. Like, she's like, don't do that. And I'm like, no, like, I really just cannot leave the food on the plate. Like, it's such a personal thing. Obviously, like, there's all this poverty in the world. Like, you can't just be throwing away your food, first of all. But it's also just about sustainability, like, just eat your food like it's gonna go in the bin otherwise that's so stupid you know like it was made for you and so for that it's all like i know it's such a tiny thing but it really means so much to literally all albanian they will never ever like just throw their food if they're at a restaurant they will take it home with them and someone will eat it if not them like something like that like why would you buy something that you're not going to be able to eat well, I don't think people go into it thinking like that. I know that, but, but what, uh, maybe that's just me thinking. Like, you know, yeah. when I go in there, I know I'm going to finish this and that's it. I don't give up till yeah. I finish, like, you know. Yeah, like, I feel like everyone just finishes their plates in Albania. Like, if you don't... Cleans them up, yeah. absolutely. If you don't, leftovers, like, that's huge. Like, we'll have leftovers all day, every day. Like, it's it's so grand. Especially in our house, like, we feel terrible when, like, a soup will go off or, like, something will go off because someone didn't pick up the slacks and just eat it, like, you know. <laughs> like we're really like conscious about that stuff we really hate letting food go to waste because especially in Albania there's like there's quite a lot of poverty like and people do feel bad if you're not doing your part like just eat it like you you can afford it do it you know I know it's so like I, I feel like people would be like that's so stupid but it really isn't like it there's just a lot of importance to it and I feel like people really just look way past it when it's something tiny Leftovers are always good too. yeah it's something tiny but it really can do so much like as well speaking of food in albania we grow everything when i say everything i literally mean everything we grow watermelons we grow melons we grow figs we grow pears oranges fruits that you probably don't even know we do grow at like we grow grapes like olives yeah we literally grow everything like it's amazing how organic things are every time we go back there we are not afraid to just have a bit of everything because we know there's no pesticides like and it's so filling too yeah because it's organic it is so filling and it's just so good for like you actually feel I feel great after I eat like literally, I mean, when, like, you're buy, when you're buying the food, even if you go into like grocery stuff, it's actually fresh. Yeah. Food coming in every day, fresh vegetables and fresh Completely. fruits and like whatever. People care about food so much. Like when I tell you, we really, really do. So everything always comes in fresh. Like even milk, like you literally get milk straight out of the cow like you actually do literally like, like, it's not like filtered milk like it is here like it's, it's not filtered at all it's not even boiled at all no. it's like it's all it's all left to you if you want it that way yeah. you can have it that way too and and I, let me tell you actual milk tastes way different than the milk you drink oh god it is significantly so way more different like it has so much better tastes. like i mean the way milk is here is filtered and it's yeah. worked on and whatever it's gone through machines and god knows what yeah. but like the milk that comes straight from the cow and you boil it yourself and you drink it after, it's, it's so, so <laughs> much different. And I think it's so much better than the milk you buy in a shop. Oh, I it th- tastes so different. Like, I, I cannot stress it enough. I feel like if an, someone was trying it for the first time, they would probably be like, I don't think they would like it. Like, But because we grew up with it, we really love it. Like, And like anytime we go there, we're like, we need fresh milk. Please. I feel like the milk that you buy here... That's in cardboard boxes or, or yeah. like bottles, whatever. I feel like it's watered down. We do drink milk, by the way, in case anyone is wondering. We do drink Irish milk. But milk that comes straight from the cow and you boil it yourself, it is so much better. 
Some that said interesting about our Bain culture is weddings. Weddings are absolutely wild. What you expect here, people like going to weddings, like most about like they just drink and you know dance away dance, and stuff right, like yeah. Fair. They they drink to the point where they they, they can't do it no more here. Yeah. Over there, people do drink, but not to the point where we you do, can't have any more fun. Where you like. can't have any more fun. <laughs> yes, I mean they might like they just go there to dance and they just have fun but yeah. like all friends and family and cousins and and whatever else like you know the food is always great in, in the weddings and stuff but the dancing goes on non-stop like and like we have like traditional dances like we don't do the like yeah like i mean the music i mean the, like the music you hear on the radio or something it's like, not like club dancing the, like no we it's have not proper like, cultural dances that we do exactly it's traditional music that goes with the dancing and stuff and it has like uh, traditional clothing and stuff very very like colorful and very albanian yes <laughs> and if you go like let's say maybe in the countryside or villages and stuff weddings are a whole different a story. village wedding is the best wedding you could go to village weddings are absolutely like <laughs> crazy like compared to a city wedding village weddings are like out of this world i would say so the crazy part about the country or village weddings are you'll have people at midnight like firing guns when i mean firing guns we're talking about ak-47s <laughs> blasted in the air yeah the weirdest thing you can have at a wedding is a gun like and like why do they do that it's even used to this like we'd hear these in weddings that we used to go to as children someone would be just shooting up a gun for i have seen no. that many times before and uh, but it, it, it also is... like they shoot up to the sky like no yes one, no like, they don't shoot no for harm they go in a safe they go in a safe position where there's nothing yeah. on their direction like it's adult men that do this it's not like it's people in their 50s 60s like well not even younger 30s and 40s they do like yeah. but they fire rounds upon rounds so weird like but like anytime you hear it it actually is terrifying but it gives such a vibe i'm not gonna lie <laughs> just because there's music it pumps and then, people up big yeah, time like, it really does there's music and then someone just pops out with a gun in up to the sky like it's absolutely insane honestly but it really is a great experience to like witness. Another part of weddings and just general traditional Albanian culture is the slaughtering of animals. And that also has to do with religion too, of course. But it generally is just a part of the culture. Like people will slaughter an animal for any big occasion that will happen. Like it could be New Year's, it could be a wedding, it could be Eid, for example, or like someone's birthday if a child is born, they will do it. I know, of course, people are really against like slaughtering the animals for that. I completely understand that. This is very much like just a part of the culture and the religion. Not that it's an excuse and stuff, but it's like been passed down generations like it but people still do it and you know and that lasts for ages as well because you know you can get to freeze the meat and stuff and then yeah it lasts like the entire year like for families because there's a lot of meat yeah. i mean let's say if you slaughter a sheep you're getting yeah. a lot of meat and you can save it but what was like really weird like we used to watch our neighbor when we were growing up just slaughter a sheep in the garden <laughs> i have seen like, that in so the communal many times. garden that we had i have seen that so many times oh yeah, yeah like it would be like every year we'd see him cut up about two or three like and it was insane that we saw it as like i should be scared but like it really isn't a big deal I but suppose. such normal things i mean we yeah, are we, we grew as, up with i it. as 
as a child, I remember seeing this. To, but to if me, I were to see that now, I would yeah. be like, get me away from here. Like. I, to me, it doesn't, because I've seen it so many times, it doesn't even phase me now. It doesn't really phase me anymore. Like, I mean, it's just... Well, it, it didn't phase me much when I was growing up, like, like, but now I think it would. Yes, it's been it's been a long time since I last, na- since I seen an animal one. being slaughtered, like, what I mean? But yeah. I don't think you phase as much because I know, I know the, the way they're doing it and I know, like, yeah. it, and the animal doesn't really suffer. Like, it's it's dead, let's say. Yeah, it's done in the halal way, if yes. anyone knows what that means. The it's, animal, the animal is... is dead within like seconds you know it's just it doesn't suffer at all so to wrap up this entire conversation we do want to say that albania is extremely safe for tourists people are so welcoming and hospitality is really important to albanians you will not be disappointed you really won't like people invite you into their home no problem and be like here we can show you about our life and our culture like it's great it is a culture shock like with the things we've mentioned Anyone that I know that I've that has gone to Albania, they always say it's such a culture shock. People are so different and they behave so differently. And like, of course, that's part of it. Like that's with any culture, you know. Safe wise, I know we probably spoke about some problematic things in this episode. But honestly, for tourists, it's so great. Like if you haven't gone already, you actually are missing out. It's it's worth going. I mean, there's so much to do. There's, there's so much to see. I mean, if you're into like mountains and if you like scenery and stuff you can hit the north and you will get lost in between mountains and just different beautiful sites that he has if you want the beach and if you want like the hot weather and stuff you go down the south and the deeper in the south you go like the more tropical the the more tropical it gets the better it gets really Mm. and like he has differences like we really just do have everything, honestly. Like, Albania has been blessed with all the nature and all the beauty and all of the seas and oceans. Like, you know, there's like this old legend that actually Albania does have. And they're like, when God made Albania, he kissed it before he put it down on the map. And someone was like, why did you kiss the country? And God was like, I gave it everything. True, because you actually have everything. Anything yeah. you want, to, it's actually there. Rivers, lakes, be- beach, sea, scenery, everything. everything. insane. And I really do love this legend. My mom tells it way better than I do. I'm so sorry about that. But it is really cute. And it just does actually say a lot about even where like, we're from. Even the last time I was in Hardless, which was like 2018, I believe. It was three years ago, yeah. Yes, three years ago. I met so many different, like, tours from other countries i met people from czech republic i met people from poland i met people from england i met people from slovakia they were just all over around europe over there and it's and it is because it's so cheap and it's not it's not made it's not made commercial yet and and that's why it's so cheap because once it gets commercial it's just gonna go out of hand it's the best time to go honestly It is now time for our interview of the week. This week's interview is with someone who is much younger than the rest of the people have been. Her experience is a little bit different or much more lighthearted and fun, which I think it's great to show that aspect as well. So this week's interview goes like this. I've been living in Ireland for seven years now. The reason I emigrated was because my husband was living here. The moving process was quite easy because I came here through a joint spouse visa, so everything was ready for me when I came here. He applied for my visa and we waited for a long time until I got it. I received the visa after two years and I was finally able to come to Ireland. To gain citizenship, I had to wait five years, whereas my husband was already a citizen. I remember we had to go to Killarney and it was great. I was excited and thankful. 
I studied English in Albania because the English subject is mandatory in schools. We started learning English in third class until we got to college. I studied American English for two to three years in college before I came here. I did not have much difficulty speaking English in Ireland, except for Cork accents that are a bit hard to understand. I was confident speaking it because my father-in-law is Irish and I practiced with him a lot. Finding a job was very fun and easy for me, which may sound weird. When I came to Ireland, my husband was here and parents-in-law as well, who helped me loads. I studied fashion design in Albania for five years and my intention here was to work in retail or shops. So I made a CV and applied to different shops here in Cork. I arrived in Ireland at the end of September and I started working in retail by November. So my experience was really easy. In Albania, we had wonderful weather. Here, it is quite hard for us because it is raining and it is cold, especially with two small kids. We get ready to go to the park and it suddenly starts raining, so it is a bit challenging getting used to this. The Irish food and culture seemed very different to me in the beginning. But the more you live here, you catch up with it. I remember in the beginning, I was only going to Italian restaurants with my husband because us Albanians love the Italian cuisine. I come from a very open-minded city in Albania where the culture is very European, so the Irish culture was not a problem for me. I do not have any experience with direct provision centres, but I have friends who have lived there and still live there, and I actually think they're the best in Europe. I have heard of other countries who are very strict, but here in Ireland, the people who live in those centres get very good help in there with money, food and clothing. I visit Albania very often because my whole family is there, my parents, my brothers, so I go once or sometimes twice a year for two or three months, especially in the summertime, because the weather is worth it. I know I have not been living in Ireland for a long time, but I feel like Ireland is my second home. But in the future, maybe when I retire, I would like to go back to Albania, because the weather is so good. My family have a home by the beach, so it would be great to get old there. Ireland has made a very good impact on me. My husband moved to Ireland for a good economy, and even though Albania has good weather and everything, it is still a poor country. So Ireland has helped my whole family to get better economically and to gain more job experience. I'm studying childcare here now as well. So all in all, it had a great impact on me and it helped me a lot, which is why I decided to live here. For this interview, I really enjoyed how much of like an issue weather is for this person, which is literally the same for all Albanians that are living here in Ireland. Like we are absolutely do not like the Irish weather. And of course, like Irish people don't like the Irish weather either, you know, but we're just so very used to our like Mediterranean summers and like warm waters and stuff like that. Whereas here, like people go swimming in January when it's absolutely freezing. And like anytime my friends tell me that I absolutely cannot handle that. Like I would never, I hate going swimming in cold waters. Like I just cannot do it. I have done it before, of course but it, I'm not a fan of it at all. But we really do love our warm weather and we like tan quite easily and stuff because like our skin's quite used to it and all that. But also from this interview, you can really tell how far ahead she is when it comes to just immigrating and integrating. And by that, I mean like further ahead than everyone else because she knew the language before she came here, which brings you a whole lot of steps further than everyone else and I, I feel like I'm like a broken record like I just think that it's so important to know the language as soon as you get into that country because it's the only way you can move forward 
and communication of course is so important and if people don't understand you here in Ireland like they actually just don't have time for you I mean we've definitely had many experiences when we were younger where when my parents didn't know English too well where like people just would refuse to continue talking to you if you if they couldn't understand what you were saying in like legal situations and stuff like that so this is so important and it's so great to kind of hear a different side of someone's story because so far most people weren't aware of the English language and didn't know it well so that is all for this episode guys we've spoke about everything that we wanted to but we will see you next time and it'll actually be our final episode which is so sad to say but thank you so much for listening if you have any questions please head over to our instagram at to integrate it and don't be afraid to ask we would love to answer anything honestly uh, thank you guys and we will see you on the next episode